system. Well, I believe this reality that we each uniquely shaped by God, and it, it is as we discover who we are and what we carry that we find a fulfillment in life, we find purpose, and we find a fruitfulness uh, in and through our lives. And that's really at the heart of this series of Shapes for More. Um, and just a quick reminder of how uh, you can benefit most from this series. Uh, three ways that I would encourage you. The first is to be part of a weekend service each week as we track through um, this series. And so I threw this idea out last week and I'll throw it out again this week. Why don't you write Sundays in your diary? Because that will remind you that something happens on a weekend. And we would love you to connect uh, with us through this series. Why don't you make that a priority? Second thing is to join a small group. Uh, there's lots of small groups. There are new small groups that have started up. There's, there's special video content and resources that we're only making available through small groups for this season. And so, in some ways, you'll get half the stuff on a Sunday and half the stuff through a shaped small group. So, today's sort of like the last chance to sign up to be a part of one of those groups. Uh, Kim's already mentioned this, but you can do it online or you can grab one of these cards and post it. As I say, there's a bunch of groups um, that are signed up for that, and, and here's a wonderful story. I was just talking to somebody over the break um, who is, uh, they, they put their hand up to host a group. They started their group last week. One of the people that they invited along gave their life to Jesus for the first time last Friday in their group. So that is, that is just wonderful. They, they're, they're discovering or starting that journey of discovering how God has made them and, and the life that he offers to them. So the third thing is to pray. I'd love to encourage you personally to be praying that God will be powerfully at work in your life and to be praying for us as a whole church community here, that God will be powerfully at work amongst us. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been asked to do something that seemed completely impossible? So in my, in my, you might recall a work situation where management has come to you and said, there's this three-year project and we want it done in six months. Anyone been there? Or you might be thinking uh, there's a financial situation that you face or you are facing and it just seems absolutely huge, impossible. I can remember when I was a teenager, I tried water skiing. Absolutely impossible. Absolutely impossible. If you've ever been asked to do something impossible, how did you feel? How did you feel? There, there might have been some excitement about the adventure. You know, there is something exciting about impossibility. You might have felt frustrated. You might have felt uh, depressed. There might be a whole range of things that you felt when you faced something impossible. The reason I ask that is because I believe that Christians, followers of Jesus, are called by Jesus to live a life that is impossible in our own strength. With our own resources, Jesus calls us to live a life that is impossible. And so, if you're here this morning, and you wouldn't yet say that you're a follower of Jesus, you are off the hook. Just relax. Just relax. I'm delighted that you're here. I hope that as we share some things about the life that Jesus calls us into, that you catch something of the excitement and the hope and the life that he offers to every one of us. Um, but you're off the hook in some ways. But if you're here this morning and you are a Christian, I hope that one of the things that you are discovering is that much, if not all, of the life that Jesus 
calls us to is impossible in our own strength. It's impossible. If you're not discovering that, or you haven't found that out, I hope I've just been really helpful to you. Because you will find that. So, why do I say that? Well, think of the 12 disciples through the gospel story. Think of what they discovered about the life of Jesus previously. So there was one day, they found themselves with Jesus, and Jesus was teaching this large crowd of people. And there were 5,000 plus people there. And towards the end of the day, they realized that really nobody had brought anything to eat. And people were getting increasingly hungry. And so the disciples come to Jesus and they say, these people are a little bit hungry. And this is what Jesus said to them. Bearing in mind, there's 5,000 plus people in this crowd. Jesus said to his disciples, you give them something to eat. But Jesus, the shops are shut. There's no Tesco delivery option. Impossible. Luke chapter 9. Jesus gathers the 12 disciples and he sends them out on a mission trip, on a ministry trip. And he says, no, don't take any money with you. Don't take any food with you. And go and heal the sick, cast out demons, and declare the good news of the kingdom. That's quite a tall order. Next chapter, Luke chapter 10, Jesus gathers a wider group of disciples, 72. And he sends them out with pretty much the same instructions. No money. You don't need food where you're going. Heal the sick. And notice the language that Jesus uses. He doesn't say to them, pray for the sick. He says, heal the sick. Tall order. Jesus said to his twelve on another occasion, he said to them, you are going to do greater things than I when the Holy Spirit comes. And if you're one of those twelve, your first question should be, what, more than you? Really? Am I painting a picture of an impossible life? Matthew 28, Jesus' last instructions to his disciples. He had been crucified, resurrected, was about to ascend into heaven, and he says to them, Go and make disciples and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And so that is an instruction that rolls down through history that those disciples were to teach other disciples who were to teach other disciples who were to teach people like you and me to do everything that Jesus does. Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. Acts was written by a guy called Luke who also wrote the Gospel of Luke. And he says, in my former book, in other words, referring to the Gospel of Luke, he says, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. In other words, the Gospel of Luke was like the opening chapter of a story that will continue to be written by people like you and me. So when we hear in the Gospel story, Jesus said to people, heal the sick, cast out demons, preach good news, feed massive crowds of people, he is saying that to people like you and me too. That is the kind of life that Jesus invites us into. And so if you're a Christian here this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, I believe that's what he says to each one of us. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Feed the hungry. My question to each of us this morning is, can you do that in your own strength? Your answer at this point should be, no. Can I hear? Can you do that in your own strength? It is okay to talk. I know we're very, a lot of us are English, but most of you aren't. We can talk. We can't, can we? I tease you. 
We can't do it. Jesus invites us into a life which I believe is utterly impossible in our own strength. I have some good news for us this morning. We are shaped to receive the Holy Spirit. When we say yes to Jesus, we are shaped to receive the Holy Spirit. God himself living in us. And he enables enables us to do what seems impossible. You see, the Holy Spirit enables us to live the kind of life that Jesus loves. And so, none of us, I believe, stand a chance of living the kind of sex lives that God wants us to live without the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't live with enough honesty or integrity or kindness or compassion without the work of the Holy Spirit. We can't do the ministry of Jesus without the Holy Spirit. We can't heal the sick. We can't bring freedom and life unless the Holy Spirit is at work. And so we need Him, and we need the gifts that He releases. What we call spiritual gifts, supernatural bracelets of God's kingdom that enable us to continue the ministry of Jesus. And that's what we're going to just look at a little bit this morning, uh, spiritual gifts. So if you have a Bible with you this morning, could you be turning to Romans chapter 12? This is the S in our SHAPE acronym. So again, just to refresh memory, uh, SHAPE is an acronym that stands for spiritual gifts, the H for heart or our passion, A for our abilities, P for our personality, and E for our experience, the things that we experience in life, the good, bad, and the ugly. And those things SHAPE who we are. And so what I'm going to do this morning is introduce this uh, topic of spiritual gifts, And then the video content and the notes uh, will help you dig into that some more um, this week um, in small groups. Um, And also, let me just point you towards a series that we taught through last November, I think it was, which was entitled Everyday Supernatural. And that was around this topic of spiritual gifts. Those talks are up on our website. Again, if you missed that or you want to refresh it, that would be a great place uh, to go this week. So Romans chapter 12, I'm going to read the first eight verses this morning. It's written by Paul. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For for the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and those members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is uh, teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, 
and give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I'm going to share five things this morning, five P's that I believe help to activate and release and grow spiritual gifts in our lives. Five things. The first is this. Say yes to surrendering everything to God. I believe that's where it starts. By saying yes to surrendering everything to God. Verse 1, Paul writes, Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. In view of God's mercy, in view of what God has done for you and I, offer in return, surrender everything in return to Him. wonder whether you ever thought what the difference is between eggs and bacon when you have a fried breakfast. Let me explain. With an egg, the chicken is involved. With bacon, the pig is committed. surrender that God requires is everything. A sacrifice, you see, is a one-way trip to an altar. It takes everything, no half measures, no holding back, all in. And it is that surrender that pleases God. It is the truest and deepest expression of worship. And it is the foundation for experiencing Saying yes, surrendering everything to God. And then the next verse, verse 2, Paul writes this. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Do not conform, but be transformed. So as you look at your life, what needs to be transformed? Well, you might look at your physical body and say, well, there's a bit of transformation that I could really benefit from. Or you might look at your finances or, you know, some of the important relationships in your life or your work or your family, your kids, your parents, and you say, I would love some of those areas to be transformed. And that's, that's wonderful. That's, that's great. But what does Paul point to? What's on his agenda for us when we think about transformation? is up to us. You see, I believe that is the key battleground in our lives. You see, how you see the world around you, how you filter the things that you experience, and how you respond and react to the world that you find yourself in, comes down to choices. And our mind, our worldview, our belief system is where we make those decisions. And so Paul says, don't conform. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. One of the voices in our world says that you and I can make it on our own, that we can be self-sufficient and that we can be independent. I want to say strongly to you this morning, please do not believe that voice. Please do not believe that voice. Because as I've been saying this morning, Jesus calls us into a life that is impossible without his grace and empower. So don't conform to the message of this world that says you can make it on your own, that you can be self-sufficient, 
but be transformed. And one of the transformations that God wants to bring into our life is this acknowledgement and this realization that we are totally dependent on Him. Don't conform, be transformed. Verse 3, Paul then writes this, he says, don't, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Third key to activating and realizing and releasing gifts is being humble. Saying yes to being humble. You know, there are a couple of traps that I believe that we can fall into when we think about humility. Imagine yourself that you are on a venue team here at one of our weekend services. You know, the guys that are on the venue team, I can see one at the back. God bless you, Alan. I don't know whether you know this, but we don't have a chair buried in this church. There are wonderful people who make sure that this room is ready for us. And there are wonderful people who come in before any of us come in and make sure the rooms are ready for our children and our young people. The venue team are a wonderful bunch of people. So imagine you're on a Sunday venue team and someone comes up to you after the service and says, thank you so much for what you've done. You've done an amazing job this morning. There are some possible thought scenarios that you could have in your head in response to that uh, you know, that bit of feedback. Here, here's just a couple, and they'll probably stay in your head, hopefully. The first is, yes, I was amazing, wasn't I? In fact, I think I'm probably the best venue team person in the whole of Christendom. That could be one of your responses. I would suggest that that is pride. That is what Paul would talk about over-inflating ourselves. Second possibility. Your thought might be going something like this. Don't thank me. It wasn't me at all. It was all the Lord. Nothing. In fact, why did I bother? I'm, I'm a bit of a worm. If truth be told. That's what I would call false humility. And I believe that to be equally as dangerous as overinflation, as pride. Taking too low a view of ourselves. Here's what I would suggest is a good response. And again, I wouldn't suggest it comes out of your mouth in, these, in, this, in this wording, but hopefully something like this goes through your head. Thank you. I'm really pleased that I was able to serve today. And I was really able to co-work with the Lord because He has wonderfully made me. He has given me some strength and some skills. He has empowered me by His Spirit, and I was able to work with Him in order to serve this congregation of people. And so, yes, I'm acknowledging what Jesus has done, but I'm also acknowledging that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And together, that is a beautiful thing. Again, I'm not suggesting you use that as an out loud response. But you see, I believe that a key to activating and releasing gifts in our life is humility. We acknowledge that we are wonderfully made by God, that He loves us, that we have immense value as children of God, but that we need more. We need more. We're shaped to receive His Spirit. We're shaped to receive more of His gifts and His empowering in our lives. And that enables us to serve fruitfully and effectively, humbling ourselves before God. 
what Paul then does, verses 4 and 5, he talks about a body. Um, I think we, we probably understand this picture, don't we? You think of your own body. You've got arms, legs, eyes, ears, kidneys, lungs, hearts, and they all work together to, to, make, to make a body. And Paul's point is it's exactly the same in a church community. Uh, we are all different, and that diversity is a wonderful and enriching thing. And for those of you that were around last autumn, again, we talked through this series entitled Different Together. And again, just recognizing that God doesn't want us all to be just like one another. Actually, diversity is a wonderful gift of God. And diversity in unity working together. And so the fourth key that I want to share with us this morning is saying yes to one another. Saying yes to one another. I believe that we're mistaken if we can think that we can do it all on our own. And equally mistaken if we think that we bring nothing. We're mistaken if we think we can do it all. And we're mistaken if we think we can do nothing. We need each other. And we are better together. How might that work out? Well, the person sat next to you right now might just need an encouragement from God. Kim's on it already. (laughs) They might need a prophetic word. They might even need a financial gift today. And maybe you're the one that the Holy Spirit is going to nudge. Maybe you're the one that would receive a gift of the Spirit from the Holy Spirit, and you would be the one that has the beautiful pleasure of releasing that to somebody else. That could happen this morning. God might just nudge you and release a gift to you to somebody else. Or maybe this happens to you at lunchtime when you're in Nando's or Asda. Because I know you're there because I've seen you. If you want to meet people from Riverside, one of the best places is Sunday lunchtime in Nando's or Asda. They're all over. Or maybe it is tomorrow when you go into your place of work or your place of study and you just sit down minding your own business at your desk and the Holy Spirit nudges you. Imagine for a moment I come from Barbados and my name is Alarine. And I say that because Alarine shared a story at our first service, but she's not here now. Um, some of you will know Alarine. She, uh, she shared this story with me yesterday while we were at Storehouse. Um, she went on a work trip with her boss um, last week. They were driving in her car and, and her boss has just got this really bad backache. And so Alarine said to her when they got back, could, could I just pray for you? And, and her boss thought that meant that we would get some people in the church, you know, our best prayers to pray for her. And I said, no, 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 no. Let's just find a time today where we can find a private space in an office and I actually want to lay hands and pray for you. And so they, they managed to work that and Alarine prayed for her and then said to her, hey, how are you doing? She said, my pain has completely gone. And she said, and her boss said to Ari, you've got some skills, haven't you? And now, I hope with a good sense of humility, said, no. But I know someone 
He does. Now, maybe that could be you tomorrow. In fact, someone texted me a word last night that they felt the Lord speaking to us for this morning. And it was this sense that the Lord wants to give each of us specific assignments, people that He would put into our mind's eye, He would bring to our attention. I believe that what the Lord wants to do is, is like put a picture in our mind's eye, someone that He would nudge us towards this week. And it might be to bring an encouragement to them. It might be a word of knowledge that God gives to you, and you give that to them as a grace to the kingdom. So I would love just to take a moment right now and just to invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to put at least one person into your mind's eye. The Holy Spirit, I ask that you do that even now. Now, it might be a neighbor. Work colleague, might be someone you regularly bump into at the shops or out dog walking. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would release supernatural gifts to us, bracelets of the kingdom that we might deliver. Simply hand over. For some of you, it will be a word of knowledge. I, I, I feel for some of you this morning, and I'd love to pray for you later, it's going to be a word of knowledge for someone that you physically sit next to or very near in your place of work. And what the Lord is inviting you to do is to be like a postman. That, that, that's how words of knowledge work. It's like God writes a letter, and we get to deliver it. And for some of you, I, I, I think for some of you, that's quickening in you right now. And we, we would love to pray for that later. Amen. I would love to hear your stories. So I'm expecting that the Lord will just nudge us this week. Where am I? Where am I? And um, last week. Now, when a preacher says last week, Paul then at the end of the verses that we read, verses 6 to 8, he lists these spiritual gifts. Specifically in this text, prophecy, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, and showing mercy. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you'll find a further gifts that Paul describes there. I don't believe these texts are supposed to be taken exhaustively, but rather examples of the way that uh, the Holy Spirit can supernaturally release gifts to us. And what the small group materials and video content will do this week is unpack more uh, from these texts um, and help us to really lean into uh, the ways that God is using each one of us. But what I want to share for now is this. The fifth key to activating and releasing gifts is simply saying yes to the Holy Spirit. I'm a simple chap. And at one level, this is not rocket science. If we want the Holy Spirit to release gifts in and through us, we need to say yes to Him. We need to say yes to Him. You see... The ultimate gift that we need is the gift of the Holy Spirit Himself. And so I want to encourage us to be people not to seek the gift, but to seek the giver. Because if you receive the Holy Spirit, you get it all. And then God can use you in whichever way He wants. But you receive the power from on high to do everything that Jesus is going to call you to do in this life. So we need to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, to say yes to the Holy Spirit. Because I believe that it is His life in our life that makes the impossible become possible. Otherwise, we simply find ourselves facing a life that is impossible to live. 
I, I hope I've sort of hammered that home this morning. Jesus calls us into a life that is utterly impossible to live other than the empowerment of the Spirit. And so we need to say yes to Him. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one who can empower us to heal the sick. I can't heal sick people, a sick person, but I have so many stories of seeing sick people healed. But I know where the skills come from. I know where the skills come from. The Holy Spirit is the one who can overcome demonic oppression. I can't, and I'd like to suggest that you can't, and don't try on your own. Because the, the, the devil is way too strong. But I know one who is stronger. I know one who can overcome the power of the enemy. The Holy Spirit is the one who can speak words of life into a broken, hurting world. I can't do that adequately. I'd like to suggest that none of us can. But He can. The Holy Spirit is the one who can create miracles. He can create something out of nothing. I can't do that. The Holy Spirit is the one who can give us words of knowledge and wisdom that open up kingdom possibilities for other people. And so my message this morning is pretty straightforward, and I hope you spotted this threat. Say yes. Simply say yes. You see, fundamentally, I believe that God looks for availability more than our ability. He's looking for available people. He's looking for people who will say yes. And one of the little sayings we have around this church is everyone, every day, everywhere. I believe this is for all of us in every environment we go into, every day of our lives, that each one of us can be nudged by the Holy Spirit, can receive a supernatural gift that we have the privilege of giving to somebody else, if we will be the kind of people that say yes. Here I am. That's the message of the Bible, isn't it? Isaiah. Here I am. 